basketball is Hood. It's time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, you've come to the right place. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. I am Jay Hood. Basketball is hood. If you love basketball, you have indeed come to the right place, whether it's the WNBA, whether it's college, whether it's the NBA. We are talking basketball. And don't forget, you can catch the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast right there on the ESPN Chicago app, not just on the Cap and J Hood feed, but also it's got its own tab. If you've downloaded the ESPN Chicago app, it's right there. Let's look for my logo, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. And man, you're right there. If you're listening on Spotify, you can get some exclusives from Spotify as well. So wherever you're listening to us from, thanks so much for downloading the podcast. And man, there's some really troublesome times that's happening now around the NBA and I don't know what this is going to be like for the future but going into our taping here on Wednesday afternoon on the 15th of December Braxton Holmes wrote about this Adrian Wojnarowski's wrote about this has been podcasted about regarding COVID-19 in the NBA so with the league facing a surge of positive COVID tests the NBA and the Players Association are in talk centered around increased testing league-wide for vaccinated players and staff. Now, again, remember I said that vaccinated players and staff so far. As of Wednesday morning, a total of 60 players have entered health and safety protocols this season, including 43 in the past two weeks. 13 players entered protocols on Tuesday. That's the highest of any day in the regular season. The previous single day high was like four, which occurred on Monday, Saturday, on uh, Monday, and then Saturday, uh, December fourth and December first. Now, as you well know, if you are listening to us here in Chicago, or if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, you know that the Bulls and the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets have been hit with outbreaks, and also the two-time NBA MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo also entered protocols on Tuesday. So there's a lot of conversation going on right now regarding COVID-19 in the NBA, and rightfully so. I will tell you this, if the numbers do not get better around the league, then I could see the NBA going back to a bubble system again. Now, whatever you thought of the bubble, I was entertained by it because there was so much good basketball in the bubble. The thing that was missing was you and I as fans. And so watching the Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Miami Heat in the bubble and some of those bubble games, man, it was it looked like pickup basketball, but the basketball was good. Pickup only because there was no fans in the stand, but the basketball I thought was very sound. Do we want to go back to that again? Well, what I would say is, is that if the players are not on board to try to get vaccinated or try to figure out, uh, out a way to stay safe, then we could go right back to those days again. Again, what's big for the NBA is for fans to be in the stands and for games to move forward. The Bulls have had a really, really tough time, as you well know, where they've had to uh, postpone games and it's not been great. You know, you go back to the Bulls last time we saw them. 
And there was some momentum with the Bulls until COVID hit, right? So defeating the Charlotte Hornets and defeating the Knicks and the Nets, sweeping out New York. And then from there, getting the job done against a good Nuggets team. And then COVID hits. And then the loss against the Cavs. And then the loss against the Heat. And then after that, they spent time in Miami. They spent time in Miami. All of a sudden... Postponements against the Pistons and the Raptors. They're going to try to play on Sunday the 19th against the Lakers. That originally was an afternoon game. They moved it to nights because they're going to see who's going to be available or not. But but you know it's bad when you are postponing games. That's the last thing the league wants to do. But the point is, though, is that what else can the league do? When the Bulls couldn't find enough G League players or enough players to even just bring a team together. And so we'll see what happens and see if the Bulls play Sunday against the Lakers. But this whole controversy with COVID-19, it's not controversial for me because yours truly got boosted uh, last week. All I know is that I'm trying to do everything I can to stay safe and make others safe around me. I want to be able to go to restaurants and I want to be able to go to games. I've been to a lot of different events Pro wrestling and basketball, college basketball, pro basketball, seeing the Bulls. Um, it's It's been fun uh, in 2021 as far as being able to go to events. And I want that to continue. That's why whatever the next thing is, another booster, um, trying to stay vaccinated, whatever I can. If I do get COVID-19, there is some protection for me, if nothing else, because I've been vaccinated. That's not casting any aspersions on you if you feel differently. But I think about some of these NBA players where they say, yeah, you know what? There's no evidence that you can uh, that you can stay safe from COVID-19 with this vaccination. Well, you got to find a way to get on the floor and to make sure that you're safe, you know, the best that you can. And so, you know, again, for someone that's an NBA fan, I want to see these games move forward. My hope is that we don't have this whole bunch of cancellations and go back to where we were two years ago. I want to move forward. I'm not selfish. I want to move forward. The only selfishness I have is I want the players to be healthy so we can enjoy our basketball. Simple is that. Um, I love how people try to make COVID-19 like this political issue. It's not political. It's a choice, right? Politics is not a choice. Politics is... You know, you make it political, you try to make it like one side of the aisle or the other, Republican or Democrat. That's not what it's about. We're all basketball fans, right? And I just want the safety of the players and us as fans to be able to do what we've always done. Go to games, enjoy ourselves at bars and restaurants or whatever. And whatever the best course of action to do that, I'm all for it. But my hope is, is that the Bulls can get back on the floor and that the league can finally find a way to stay um, uh, in our, our eyes to be able to entertain. That's my whole focus, and hopefully we can get there. But man, I miss watching Bulls basketball. I don't know about you. Oh, jeez. You know who's a bad boy? Is Steph Curry. Think about this. Ray Allen, in 1,300 games, had 2,973 points in all-time threes. Steph Curry, 2,974 in 789 games. Again, it took 1,300 games for Ray Allen to be able to be the leader in threes. 
And Steph Curry did it in 789 games. If Steph keeps up his pace, according to StatMuse, if Steph keeps up his pace and plays the same amount of games as Ray Allen, he has a chance to break 5,000 three-point shots and makes in his career. Think about that. 2973 for Ray Allen. Uh, took 1,300 games. 789 for Steph Curry. I mean, he's the greatest shooter that I've ever seen. And it's not even close. When you think about the way Steph Curry has been able to change the game from three-point range, not just hitting threes, a man that just continues to just kind of revolutionize the three-point shot, right? Shooting it off the dribble, shooting it on a catch-and-shoot, shooting it through screens. We've never seen that. I grew up in an era in which the three-point shot was used late in the fourth quarter if you just needed an extra basket. Of course, we've gotten much smarter uh, in basketball circles knowing the value of the three-point shot. And there are more people now that can be able to shoot the three a lot better than they did back in the day. But it's interesting. David Kaplan and I were talking about this on Cap and J. Hood, morning 7 to 10, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We were just talking about this. And... I said that if I needed one bucket to win, it would not necessarily be Steph Curry. It would probably be Ray Allen or Reggie Miller or someone else Um, because there's been a lot of clutch shooters over the years. And Steph Curry, for him to have 2,174, getting it done in 789 games is really awesome. And he may even reach 5,000 threes, who knows, before his career is over. But my point is, though, is that there's been Larry Bird and so many others that when you needed it with the time running down, those guys were clutch. Steph Curry has been able to be a prolific shooter, but clutch shooter? Um, I think at times it's something I have to dig through when it comes to stats and numbers. But hats off to Steph Curry, man. I mean, I'm not going to throw any shade at that guy because just think about when you go play basketball. Or when you see someone else plays basketball. The new thing is, it was it's not trying to dunk the basketball and try to tear the rim off like it was in the 80s. Kids are trying to be Steph Curry. They're trying to shoot it from the moon. Try to shoot it from range. And it, to the point where I believe at some point in our lifetime, we may see a four-point shot. Crazy, right? Sometimes three-pointers are just taken way too uh, Not in the context of the offense. You shoot it just because you feel good. Steph Curry shoots it because he knows he can make it. And that's the difference. I see this on the college level a lot. I see this in some pros and think, you know what? YOLO, I'm just going to just take this shot. Just because now it's a high percentage shot. But then you see guys like Trey Young from Atlanta. Have you noticed him lately? Trey Young has been able to shoot a lot more from mid-range lately. As a matter of fact... It's not quite in half yet, but we're talking about a guy that used to always try to jack up threes because he did it so well in college and in the pros that now he's trying to come in a little bit more, 15 feet and in. It's about buckets, not necessarily about misses. Steph Curry, though, hats off to him. He did it on a big stage, Madison Square Garden, as he surpasses Ray Allen. Jesus Shuttleworth was in the house And so was Spike Lee and so many others to see Steph Curry get the job done. Shooter. He's special. 
How many minutes did we say it would take into the game? First five minutes. First five minutes. And Del Curry, their courtside to enjoy it. Steph Curry dropping in. Two threes inside of four and a half minutes. The congratulations from the entire Warrior team. And this is just something I think that gets lifted off the team. There's an exultation, but also some relief and joy all at the same time. How cool is this? There's Ray Allen. The New York crowd is letting him hear it. That's the thing I love, too. This crowd knows when they've seen something special. Nothing but respect. And so, Steph is going to take that ball <laughs> and give it to Pops. What a great moment there. So there have been, there have been figures along the way who have sort of pushed the ball forward. But Steph is the guy who who just uh, grabbed it and ran with it. And he, he's changed the way the game is played and the way young players think about the game, um, the way uh, the entire league feels about about the shot. There were 82 threes taken tonight. So on a night when he broke the record, um, the, the sum of both teams' three-point attempts was kind of a testament to Steph's impact on the league, too. Man, Steph Curry is special, isn't he? What a special player Steph Curry is. The greatest shooter I've ever seen. And there's been clutch scores, there's been NBA champions, but we've never seen someone shoot it like that from three. Just the way he shoots the three has just been incredible. Think about all the three-point shooters that you've ever seen. If you're a baller, if you love basketball, you know the names of Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was an accurate three-point shooter. Dirk Nowitzki, uh, one of the best big men to ever shoot the three. Uh, Larry Bird, one of the greatest shooters of an era in which threes were introduced, right? Um, Pedro Stojakovic, Damian Lillard. I mean, those are names also that can shoot the ball well from three. Now, I want you to think about it, though. Steph Curry is the best I've seen, but I also saw Steve Nash, two-time NBA MVP. Nash never made more than two threes per game in one season, though. But he did can 1,685 triples over the course of his career at a 42.8% clip. So again, the three wasn't necessarily prevalent, but he never made more than two threes in a game. Dale Ellis from the old uh, Seattle Supersonics, ahead of his time, Ellis drained a career-high nine three-pointers in the game uh, in April of 1990. Not only was Ellis shooting 40% from three, um, but he also sank 1,700 triples in 17 years. 1,719 triples over 17 seasons from 83 to 2,000. Again, pales in comparison to what Steph Curry brings, right? For a big guy, Glenn Rice can knock down threes with the Miami Heat, right? You know, he averaged 26.8 points a game while con connecting on 47% of his threes. He shot five threes a game. And so, again, for a guy that was, what was Glenn Rice, 6'9", 6'10", legit? I mean, he can knock down threes. There's no question about that. Um, James Harden, right now with the Brooklyn Nets, he's on a fast track to retire behind Curry for second most threes all time. Drazen Petrovic, 
Reggie Miller said this about him in 2016. He says, he's the best shooter I ever played against. I've never seen anything like it. You think about this. The late Drazen Petrovic established himself as an elite shooter, knocking down threes at a 43% clip over four seasons. He died way too soon. He was a special player. Kevin Durant, again, for a big guy that's also very good in the mid-range, can be able to knock down the three as well. You think about him being an elite shooter, Durant shot 45% from three in 2020-2021 at a high volume. So he also is someone who can knock down three. Kyle Korver, not only is Korver fifth all-time in made threes at 2,450, but he did so by shooting 42% from his career. <laughs> Keep in mind, Kyle Korver was the 51st overall pick in the draft that he went in. Reggie Miller, that's a top tier. He's on a Mont Rushmore of three-point shooters. For some time, Miller held the crown as the all-time three-point leader before being surpassed by Ray Allen and Curry, of course. But considering he came in the league in 87, and I remember him coming from the West Coast, coming from the Pac-10 at the time, um, Miller was able to knock down 20, 20, let's see, 2,563s over the course of his 18-year career. 2,563s over the course of his 18-year career. Again, Mount Rushmore for me, Reggie Miller with the Indiana Pacers. Ray Allen, who we've talked about, right? Jesus Shuttlesworth. So Jesus Shuttlesworth from He Got Game. Um, Ray Allen, he was there at Madison Square Garden. He held it down for a long time. 2,973 triples during his Hall of Fame career. You know who's in the team photo at some point? If he gets healthy and stays healthy, Steph's teammate, Clay Thompson. An NBA record 14 threes in a game against the Bulls, I believe. Uh, an NBA playoff record 11 threes in an elimination game. An NBA record 9 threes in a quarter. 8 threes in route to 60 points. Uh, he gets hot <laughs> in a big way. And of course, we give all praise to Steph Curry, who revolutionized the game from three. He's the only player to ever hit 400 threes in a season and has averaged five or more threes per game in three different seasons and is working on a fourth this season. Nobody else in NBA history has ever done that. And so Steph Curry is the GOAT when it comes to that shot. And it just shows you how it has permeated throughout the NBA and throughout basketball where many people want to be able to shoot that three. Now, let's talk about this for a second. If you listen on Spotify, and we hope that you get a chance to uh, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, we replayed a segment that Cap and I did on the morning show on ESPN 1000 in Chicago uh, about how important Steph Curry is and then how important Michael Jordan is, like who has had a bigger impact in the game, right? And, and it was a really good question, and you can go back to the archives on Spotify and listen to the Underhood Basketball Podcast. It was fascinating, right? If you're a Jordan fan, you're a Jordan fan. And you know, if you follow Jordan, if you're an old head like me as a Gen Xer that watched him at North Carolina and then coming into the NBA with a franchise that wasn't ready to win until Jordan was able to really lead this team or was mature enough to lead this team, Um it was a great conversation between, I think, old school fans and new school fans in which we talked about the importance of both pl- both players. Jordan, when he came in, had to learn to win. 
And everybody on my block wants to be able to dunk like Jordan. Everyone had their tongue out like Jordan. Everyone wanted to walk like Jordan. They wanted to play like him. They wanted to have his merchandise. They want every piece of Jordan. The game was cool with Isaiah, Thomas, and before that, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Of course, those games were on tape delay. The finals were on tape delay after the local news back in the day. Crazy, right? Bird and Magic had to wait until after 1030 Central to watch those games at night. Anyway, so they brought it to a certain level because you've got a guy from Indiana State and you've got someone from Michigan State and, you know, how good they were on the college level. They come to the pros and it's just it wrote itself, right? Those two, they're friends, but yet they were competitors. And then here comes Jordan, right? And at the time, no one thought. And again, go back. If you don't believe me, go and check out the um, really great documentary with Michael Jordan with The Last Dance. Even the late Mark Eaton was like, no, Jordan's too small. There's no way that the NBA would be able to flourish with a two guard as the lead of a team. They didn't believe it. Like you had to be this big plotting center that was underneath the basket in order to get over in the NBA. And so it's funny the way things are are now because you see guards, you see forwards, you see centers dominating, right? And so at the time, they thought Jordan was too small. He's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. There's no way that he could be able to help the league. There's no way he can help the Bulls win. Well, that was wrong. Um, and you saw what happened with the Bulls during that time. And they were able to win six championships. My point is, though, is that Jordan brought the game to a global sense and changed it from that standpoint. Now, as far as the three-point shot, the three-point shot's always been there, but we've gotten smarter now to realize the importance of the three-point shot. And Steph Curry was able to do something that we've never seen before, not just hitting the threes, the way he hits the threes, right, at his size. You know, six-two maybe um, with gym shoes. He is great. Jordan's great too. I just give the nod to Jordan because of how hard it, it was for him to be able to win those championships, to lead a team, all those things. It doesn't mean that I'm setting aside Steph Curry's accomplishments, but if I had to choose, I'm taking Jordan just by everything that he was able to do, the competitor, winning the championships, all those things, and revolutionizing the game the way he did with the hard work, with the dunking, with the amount of points he scored. It's crazy. But Steph Curry, with his three-point shot, man, that's something. Now, here's a topic that no one's talking about. And at some point, I'll bring this up on ESPN 1000. It's funny. No one wants to talk about this. You know, when Kobe Bryant was alive and now that he's passed on, nobody wants to do the conversation between LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, who was better. Right, because they always want to have the low-hanging fruit, the barbershop conversation of who's greater, LeBron James, who's red hot by the way right now, as the Lakers take on Dallas on Wednesday night. He is averaging thirty points a game over the last eight or nine games, so he's been heating up for the Lakers because he's healthy. But my point is though is that everyone talks about LeBron versus Mike, right? But no one wants to talk about LeBron versus Kobe, or no one wants to talk about LeBron versus Steph, who has a bigger impact in the game. Mm-hmm. Hit me up on Twitter at TweetJHood or Instagram, IGJHood. If you listen to this podcast on Facebook as well, just hit me. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Like, who's got a bigger impact of the game now? Is it Steph Curry or is it LeBron James? See, the way I look at it, LeBron James is someone that back in the day, he would be Carl Malone. 
because Carl was a big guy at 260, 270, but he wasn't the player that LeBron James is. LeBron James is also at some point 260, 270 at 6'8", but the way he plays like a guard, the way he tries to take care of his body for the most part in his career, uh, the accomplishments he's had, doesn't matter what teams he's been on, he's still got to work. You know, I love people being hung up on, well, he took the easy way out. He took the easy way. Well, I think we all take the easy way out to be able to succeed in, for our family, to put money on the table, uh, put you know money on the table for our family, to be able to feed our family. So I, I don't understand easy way out. I just think that's just a dumb argument. You do what's best for you, your brand, and your family. And that's what LeBron's done. He's a Laker. He was a Cav. He's a Miami Heat. Yeah, he's been in a number of places. Um, and I, I don't hate him for that. You do what you want to do what's best for your family. But as a basketball player, he's one of the more dominant players that we have seen. And you can say whatever you want to say about this era of basketball, but that guy has been tremendous. However, Steph Curry... With the three-point field goals made, uh, 29-77 officially, the most in NBA history, uh, that's pretty significant. I'm almost giving the nod to Curry over LeBron because of what uh, Curry has done uh, in the NBA, revolutionizing the game. I give Jordan the nod for what he's done. Think about it. Who's revolutionized the game more? LeBron James or is it Steph Curry? Hit me up on Twitter and on Instagram and I'd love to get your thoughts on Instagram, IGJHood, Twitter.com, TweetJHood. I really think that if I had my druthers, if I had my choice, I think that Steph Curry has revolutionized the game over LeBron James. Think about all the three-point shots and then you think about LeBron. LeBron has been great, there's no question. And players his size used to be Carl Malone. It'd be his size, right? 6'8", 260, 270. LeBron's been great, but think about what Steph Curry has done. So in my mind, I'm looking at Michael Jordan, what he did for the NBA for a long time. And then Steph Curry, all those three-point shots. LeBron is in the team photo as well. Some believe he's the greatest of all time. For a generation, I can understand that. But for me... Between LeBron and Steph, I'm picking Steph. What do you think? Please reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Love to get your thoughts on Steph versus LeBron. As always, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. And don't forget, we are brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code WMVP. Man, we're having a fun time being able to give you this basketball content. And again, you can see it on the ESPN Chicago app. It's got its own uh, tab there as well. So I hope that you check that out. Uh, By the way, a couple of news and notes for you before I go. I want to tell you about Danny Ainge. So Danny Ainge, who was with the Boston Celtics for a long time, now has what he calls a unique opportunity with the Utah Jazz as its CEO. Now, you know, Danny Ainge is a strong NBA mind. The Jazz hired Danny Ainge to oversee basketball operations, naming him the alternate governor and CEO of Jazz Basketball. You know, he's going to work closely with the general manager, Justin Zanuck, who runs the day-to-day operations. And don't forget, Dwayne Wade has a piece of that team as an owner uh, of the Utah Jazz as well. So Danny Ainge, who stepped down as president of basketball operations in June and now working with the Utah Jazz. Interesting move for, for Ainge, where he's not necessarily the guy, but he's working in the front office with the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are, once again, off to a terrific start. 
The only thing I ever ask about the Jazz is, it's great, man. You're a good regular season team. Will you ever get over the hump? That's the big question. And um, a couple other things, too. Oh, this COVID, I see this happen this morning. Uh, Alvin Gentry, the head coach for the Sacramento Kings, he tested positive for COVID. Yeah, that's, that's just tough. And also, if, if for an article for you to read, check out Tim McMahon's piece. We've had Tim on the program before. We'll try to get him on again. Tim McMahon uh, wrote a great piece on ESPN.com about Luka Doncic. He says, Luka hated how Rick Carlisle treated other people. Uh, there was a relationship issue between Rick Carlisle, longtime Dallas Mavericks coach, now back with Indiana, and uh, and Luca and t- his teammates with the Dallas Mavericks. McMahon had a really long article about this, so check this out. Luka Doncic, one of the bright young stars uh, that doesn't say a lot, but wanted to speak out against Rick Carlisle, a respected coach in the league. Um, so you got to check that out. It wasn't really about how Rick treated Luka, a Mavs player said. Luka hated how Rick treated other people. Um, so that's that's interesting. Um, <laughs> so check that article out. I read it earlier today and um, some good stuff there. Uh, don't forget, you can always go to DraftKings. And why you go to DraftKings, my friends, is because they already got the lines out for the uh, the Christmas Day games. Check it out. Again, uh, DraftKings, go to DraftKings.com or, my friends, download the DraftKings app and use the promo code WMVP. Listen, you hear me talk about this all the time with DraftKings, right? They're good to me, so I want you to be good to them. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. I use DraftKings every night for my college or basketball needs when I'm trying to get the best bets. I always go to DraftKings. And you know what? Your boy's been pretty successful thanks to DraftKings. So check that out, DraftKings.com. Uh, also, just one other note, um, a shout-out to just not the Bulls. I mean, they've got <laughs> they got a hardship. We need a hardship for a hardship. They That's what the quote is uh, with the Bulls. They're going through a tough time. But shout-out to C.J. McCollum. Uh, he's going to miss um, a two-game road trip with a partially collapsed lung. Uh, he's going through a tough time right now. I just watched the the Portland Trailblazers just the other night. Um, and, yeah, it's just not the same. I mean, Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum are like peanut butter and jelly. And when you don't see McCollum out there, he's a really bright personality in the NBA and a great podcaster as well. So all the best to him. Uh, just think about this, by the way. Remember your boy told you this, right? Remember Jay Hood told you this. Watch James Harden now. James Harden is with the Nets right now, but there's rumble, kind of some rumors and some rumblings and some rumors and innuendo that we could see Harden on the move again, possibly going to Philly. You know, Philly wants a trade partner with Ben Simmons. Don't be surprised if you see that at some point. Damian Lillard as well. I mean, Lillard says he wants to stay in Portland. We'll see what happens. You know. Here we are on December 15th, and now those that want to be on the move, you can. the date is official now. There, you might start to hear more and more trade chatter starting now on the NBA calendar. So keep your eyes on that. But Harden, could you imagine him wanting out of Houston, goes to the Nets, realize Kyrie Irving's not there, and then it's like, no, nah, I can't play with KD. That's a, very, that's a good possibility. Also, Kyrie Irving still making noise, saying he may come back. And may play, um, 
sometime this season. He is someone that does not believe in COVID, and does not believe in COVID, does not believe in the vaccine as well. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes on that story as well. Don't forget to hit me up on Instagram, IGJHood or Twitter.com, TweetJHood. Thanks so much for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. I love basketball. I hope you do too. Make sure you tell someone that John the Hood is talking basketball. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.